I want to welcome everyone to the service this morning. So glad you're here. What a blessing it is to be in God's house with God's people. It's good to have Brother Rick and Miss Susan Ramsey with us and Brother Floyd and Miss Jackie Repass this morning, just a couple of preacher friends of ours. And it's good to have Brother Steve with us this morning. And, uh, you know, it's just been a blessing to be around him. Uh, Brother Steve's just a blessing. I can tell you that. Uh, if, uh, if you're down, he'll pick you up. Amen. Uh, he'll make you laugh, and uh, if you don't laugh, he'll t- he'll keep at it till you do laugh. Amen. So praise God. But we want to welcome everyone to our 42nd uh, anniversary service this morning. No, I, I I could spend a long time here this morning, but I won't. But uh, the one thing I want you to know this morning, as pastor of Victor Baptist Church for 42 years, I want you to know God is always faithful. Always faithful. Always. And uh, I've learned over the years that uh, uh, he's always right. Mm, that's hard to admit sometimes. He's always right. You know, we as preachers like to think we're always right, but he is always right. So we praise the Lord for it this morning. Amen. Well, I'm going to, we're going to change a little bit here this morning. Uh, Ms. Rebecca, are you, are you ready to sing this morning? All right. Uh, choir, you can be seated. <laughs> And we're going to let Ms. Rebecca, uh, she's going to sing for us. And then when the ushers come, we'll have Elena lead us in prayer. Amen. alone my hope is found he is my light my strength my song this cornerstone this solid ground firm through the fiercest drought and storm what height of love what depths of peace when fears are stilled when striving cease my comforter my all in all here in the love of christ i stand in christ alone who took on flesh fullness of god in helpless babe this gift of love and righteousness scorned by the ones he came to save till on that cross as jesus died the wrath of god was satisfied for every sin was on him laid here in the death of christ i live body lay light of the world by darkness slain then bursting forth in glorious day up from the grave he rose again and as he stands in victory since curse has lost its grip on me for i am his and he is mine but with the precious blood of Christ. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground. 
guilt in life, no fear in death. This power of Christ in Christ in me, from life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home. Here in the power of Christ I'll stand till he returns or calls me home. Here in the power of Christ I'll stand. Page 599. 599. Let's stand together. We're going to sing all three verses. All three verses. There's a peace in my heart that the world never gave, a peace it cannot take away. Though the trials of life may surround like a cloud, I'm a peace that has come here to stay. Constantly abiding, Jesus is mine. Constantly abiding, rapture divine. He never leaves me lonely, whispers also Oh, so- 
only one that notices all those exclamation points in those. Have y'all, y'all notice them? I mean, are we seeing it right? <laughs> you know, it's almost like we go, but it's like, I have a peace that's come to stay. <laughs> Blessed Jesus, how glorious thou art. Over there to my heavenly home. I mean, I don't know. If, I'm not a singer. I don't know. But um, I'm sure we're doing it like we're supposed to be doing it. But it looks like we ought to maybe give a little emphasis there, you know. And uh, I don't know how to do it, though. And then he says in the course there, rapture divine. <laughs> it's not rapture. You know what I mean? Man, that's exciting. Praise God. I will never leave thee. I just noticed those this morning the first time. And uh, I think it's exciting, praise God. Uh, it's good to be a part of the family of God. I'm, I like that peace. And uh, no matter what is happening in my life, uh, in my marriage, in my family, in my church, hey, God gives a peace that passes to all understanding. It'll keep my heart and mind through Christ Jesus. And I praise God for it. Frankie, lead us in prayer for the offering, would you please? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Amen.
page 534, 534. Just remain seated. We're going to sing both verses, both verses.
shit. Boy, I was just sitting here thinking. Uh, first service we had uh, down on Calorama Street in that little old building. You could, if you pack everybody right, get about 50 people in. And, you know, and uh, we, uh, first service, uh, we, uh, we didn't have a piano or organ. And, uh, you know, we, we thought we had everything we needed then. But bless God, that was great. Amen. And uh, I'll tell you what, uh, just show you how the Lord works. We didn't have a piano. We didn't have anything to, as far as instruments goes. And a lady that came to the service that morning, she said, Pastor, I don't have a piano I could give you, but if you want, I've got an organ. And uh, you know what? Uh, I said, well, we'll take it. And uh, my next thought was, who are we going to get to play it? <laughs> but my wife, she uh, she adapted well to playing it. And, uh, boy, I tell you what, uh, thank God for uh, good, faithful people. Amen. God bless you this morning. Amen. Well, let's just stand. We're going to shake hands and just uh, make everybody We're going to do one more song. Y'all stay seated. One more song. <laughs> one more choir song. Oh, y'all going to do one more choir song. Can we do one more good one yeah, for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't pay no attention to me.
if you will. All right, Brother Tony, you come lead us in a court. And hey, I want to tell you, that's the reason that we're here this morning. Jesus Christ, because he first loved me. Amen. Amen. Come on. Sing the chorus, In My Life. It should be on the back of your bulletin if you need the words. In my life. We'll sing it through and then shake hands and greet one another. In my life, Lord, be glorified, be glorified. Sing that through once more while you find your seats. In my life, Lord, be glorified, be glorified. Take your bulletin out, if you would there, please, and um, several announcements. Boy, I sure appreciate uh, all the folks that um, were at the rally on, uh, on Friday. Had a great meeting and a great message from the Word of God. I recommend that if you weren't here, uh, that you go back and listen to it. And uh, it's about blushing. Uh, can you blush? And um, great message, great thought from the Word of God. And uh, how many of you guys were here for Sunday school? You were here, okay. 
How many of you guys would testify to a great, great message in, in Sunday school? Yes. And so if you weren't here in Sunday school, I recommend you go back and listen to that. And a uh, great message on prayer and the foundation of prayer. And we know that Christ is foundational and the Bible is foundational, but prayer is foundational. And um, boy, what a powerful message. If our, if our church, if, if, if me, if me personally could get a hold of just that truth and apply it to my own life, but if all of us could do that, boy, what, a, what an amazing thing God could do if we just got a hold of that, that truth about the foundation of prayer. And I was convicted by it. Thank you so much, Brother Steve, for bringing it. But look in your bulletin. No choir practice tonight. There will be no PM service tonight. And so, um, but uh, anniversary Sunday, we praise God for that. So thankful for uh, the ministry uh, of Pastor Robin over these years. We'll say more about that in just a minute. But look in the month of February. So we got our couples to treat um, beginning on Thursday. There's still a few flyers down here um, on information about that. Of course, if you have any questions whatsoever about that, um, please uh, call me, call Pastor. We'll do more than our, uh, our, our part to try to get you where you need to go and all that kind of stuff. So please, if you have any questions, see us on that. Um, and then be praying for us. If you're not going to the couples retreat, be praying for the meetings. Uh, be praying for pe- people traveling. Uh, many folks leaving uh, tomorrow, some Tuesday, some Wednesday, others Thursday, and uh, making some time of it. But be praying that God will just work in a special way in our hearts and in the hearts of our families. And uh, listen, the, the church is no stronger than its families. And uh, we need to be strong in the Lord, uh, as we talked about this morning a little bit. But uh, be praying for that meeting. Be praying for the Rochester family. We've mentioned them a lot lately uh, with um, the situation with Chloe's cancer. And so uh, be praying for them. But they will be with us on the 4th all day. So that's next Sunday. They'll be with us AM, PM services. And so be praying for them. And uh, looking forward to being an encouragement to them. Office and teachers meeting on the 4th. That's next Sunday evening at 530. And then um, on the 16th, we have a couple's progressive supper. And so we've done this in the past. We'll hit a couple different houses and have salad and uh, dessert. And maybe we do, should we do dessert first this year? Maybe we should switch it up a little bit. <laughs> we've never done that before. Uh, maybe we will. I don't know. We'll see. But um, we'll have all of those um, uh, houses again. We'll work that out and let you know for sure where we're going on that. But that's on the 16th. That's a Friday evening, a couple of weeks away. And then uh, we didn't put in the bulletin yet, but on the 21st, we are going to be taking a group up to Virginia Pro-Life uh, Day, March for Life Day in Richmond. And there's a whole lot of stuff going on that day. Um, we probably won't leave here until about, about 8.30. And um, what, we've got vehicles we can take up there. Uh, or if you want to drive up there, I'm not sure, but I'm going to volunteer and register a bus. And there's possibly other folks in our community, uh, other churches that may want to go up there with us. And so, listen, this is a good thing to take your children to if they're able to go. Um, we attended one of these years ago in Illinois, and it, it was a great day. And um, just marching for life. You know, God, God, God marches for life. He's for life. <laughs> and um, I've, I'm working on a message, finishing up a message. We'll say more about that later. But I put a sign-up sheet down here, so please sign up for that. If you're interested in going, that's by no any means a commitment. But if you're thinking about it, that just gives me an idea so I can kind of let others know what kind of space we have, all right? I'll be praying for the Rally in the Valley in February. Brother Byron will be with us. I'll refresh you on the 24th. And then Brother Byron on the, um, the 25th with us. And then uh, we're doing an Easter egg fundraiser for camp, but also for the missions trip. And so I believe on, we haven't got the thing about the Super Sunday, but we'll mention that a little later too as well. But listen, I want to uh, have Miss Robin come up, if she would, and Pastor down here down front, if you would, for just a moment.
hymnal, go to page 641. 641. Let's stand together. We're going to sing verse 1 and 5. 1 and 5. <clears throat> Who can cheer the heart like Jesus by his presence all divine? True and tender, pure and precious, oh, how blessed to call him mine. All that thrills my soul is Jesus. He is more than life to me. Trio's getting ready to sing, and we do count it an honor to have Brother uh, Steve Pickett with us. He's always in and out. He just, as I said, got back from Alaska, and uh, it's a cool place to be. Amen. As a matter of fact, I want to just say a personal thank you, Steve, for going. That way I didn't have to go. Amen. Praise God for that. But you get your uh, Bible's ready, and he'll come in just a moment, and these ladies are going to sing for Precious memories, how they linger, how they ever flood my soul. Jesus by my mother and my dad. We were brought up on the Bible. It was more than just a fad. And faithful were our parents as they taught us right from wrong. I was raised on loving Jesus. It's the thing that's made me strong. I was raised on loving Jesus. I remember oh so well. In my memory still it lingers how they ring the old church bell. I learned of grace and pardon. Living right became the rule. I was raised on loving Jesus. Going to church and Sunday school. I was 
raised on loving Jesus, and I love him more each day. He is always close beside me as I walk the narrow way. And sweeter grows the memory as the days turn into years. I was raised on loving Jesus, he's the one who always cares. I was raised on loving Jesus, I remember oh so well. In my memory still it lingers how they ring the old church bell. I learned of grace and pardon, living right became the rule. I was raised on loving Jesus, going to church and Sunday school. I was raised on loving Jesus, going to church and Sunday school. Amen. Let's see now. <clears throat> what time is lunch? <clears throat> 11.30. Uh, it's, a long, it's a long time till 11.30 tonight. I, uh, I appreciate so much your pastor and the staff here. I've had the opportunity of being here numbers of times on your anniversary service. I always enjoy coming. Uh, you know, it means my message is shorter and the food is better. <laughs> I, uh, as he mentioned, I just got back from Alaska. I usually go to Alaska, usually in January and February. It's the best time to have meetings. If you go in the summertime, everybody's out doing things in the summertime because it's daylight and it's warm. But I usually go in the coldest part of the year because nobody else will. <clears throat> and uh, if you, it, it was 53 degrees yesterday in Fairbanks. <clears throat> below zero. 53 below zero yesterday in Fairbanks. I was in Selawick, a little village. I go through the villages on the north slope and was in Selawick, and it was, it was kind of mild in Selawick. It was, um, I think we looked at it yesterday, it was, uh, seemed like it was 38 degrees, negative 38 degrees, but with the wind chilled, it was minus 66. And yet everybody still comes to church. <laughs> you get the point? Sometimes in Fairfax, when there's an inch of snow, we don't go to church. But it doesn't matter what they have there. They're still faithful in church. So I'm glad to be with you today. I'm going to have a little bit of fun with you this morning. My, my subject matter is this. You are made to make a difference. <clears throat> you are made to make a difference. Everyone in this room, I want you to realize how special you are. You are really, really. Matter of fact, turn to the person beside you and say, you are really, really special. Say that to the person beside you. <clears throat> say to them, you are really, really special. T tell that person beside you, I like your face. Go ahead. <laughs> tell them it's one I do not want to hit. <clears throat> I want you to realize this morning that you really are extremely important. And uh, you are made to make a difference. Psalm chapter 139 and verse 13 is not a verse I'm going to spend a lot of time on, but you can look at, look at it, mark it if you want to. The Bible says this, for thou hast possessed my reins, Psalm 139 and verse 13, thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb, I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. <clears throat> Husbands, turn to your wife and say, did you hear that? I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Tell them that. Did you hear that? All of us are. 
Marvelous are thy works that my soul knoweth right well. You know, man is made to make a difference and we have been making a difference in our world for a very long time. I decided I would go and look on the internet and see some of the inventions of mankind that have made a difference. I went on the internet and I found this. The number one invention of all time is the wheel. It was invented in 3500 BC. I know that's true because I found it on the internet. (laughs) You all heard this statement, you know, uh, necessity is the mother of invention. I went on the internet to see who first said that. They didn't know. (laughs) So they don't know everything. But I started going down through time and, and, and bear with me. You'll see where I'm going with this in just a moment, but bear with me for a moment. In the 19th century, the 1800s, here are some inventions of mankind that it is said of them they changed the world. Well, it was the steam engine, the automobile, though in the next century it was made more accessible, the telephone was invented, batteries were invented, and this was interesting, in 1859, a rechargeable battery, the the most common rechargeable battery is still the battery you use today in your automobile. It's the first rechargeable battery. And we have, um, let's see, the typewriter, Samuel Coate invented the revolver, the telegraph, the sewing machine, the bicycle, (laughs) the dishwasher. How many ladies, you like your dishwasher? It's a wonderful invention. You probably would not have liked this one. It was a hand crank dishwasher. (laughs) Well, these were inventions that changed the world, they said. Then we come to the 20th century where most of us have lived our life. And in the 20th century, the 1900s, airplanes. Airplanes changed the world. The radio, the television, and that thing that was supposed to make life a whole lot easier for us, the computer. It has not made my life easier. Cell phones were invented. Air conditioning, praise the Lord for that. Submarines. And then the internet. The internet has shrunk the world so that you can have in your hand uh, all parts of the world because of the internet. It's an amazing invention. And uh, people all across the world with one click, they can be in contact with one another. Those of us in this room, we've lived through music recordings. How many of you remember the 78 recordings? Would you hold your hand in the air? Those are the elderly people. How many of you remember the 33 and a third recordings? Uh Uh-huh, the 45 recordings. Uh Uh-huh, reel-to-reel, eight-track. All these young people are thinking right now, what in the world are you talking about? Well, these are inventions that we've lived through musically. Electricity. Now, I didn't realize electricity was invented in the 1700s, but it wasn't until the 1900s where it became feasible and transmission lines were increased so that the whole world is lit today by electricity. And most inventions that come about today are dependent upon electricity. Well, those were inventions of the 20th century. What about the 21st century, the century in which we live? Well, we have Bluetooth technology. We have 3D printing. They're printing actually parts for cars, 3D printing. They're working on printing organs for the body. They're working on printing a heart. If you need a heart transplant, eventually you'll be able to print one. Absolutely amazing technology in our century that we're living in right now. We have third, fourth, fifth generation cellular technology. As I mentioned last night, we have artificial intelligence, AI, and I am for AI. It's better than no I. 
Somebody said we don't need to worry about artificial intelligence as much as we need to worry about natural stupidity. <laughs> we have multi-use rockets. It's an amazing thing in our century. Multi-use rockets. They take off, they land at the same space that they took off from. Absolutely amazing. We have online internet streaming. It only happened in this century, in the last 23 years, so that now our messages can be broadcast to the world. I can listen to my sons preach, no matter where they are, in California and Texas. I can go online and listen to their messages. Amazing technology. Well, these are inventions that have changed the world. But let me ask you a question. Could we have lived without any of them? And here's what I want you to think about. We could live without any invention that has been invented because people who lived before us lived without every one of them. All inventions are temporal. They're here for a period of time and they go away and they're replaced. But we have the opportunity of working with that which is eternal. We are made to make a difference and the difference we can make is eternal differences. So I decided to go on the internet and I would look for people who've changed the world. And it's interesting. You find a list of people, 100, li- li- 100 people who've changed the world, a list of 50 people who changed the world, a list of 25. It's interesting the names you find on the list. One list, Charles Darwin was on the list. The theory of evolution. It certainly changed people's thinking. We have Tim Berners-Lee created the World Wide Web. Buddha's on the list. Rosa Parks on the list. Albert Einstein, Leonardo da Vinci, Christopher Columbus, Martin Luther King Jr., Bill Gates, William Shakespeare, Sigmund Freud, Mother Teresa, Abraham Lincoln, Stephen Hawking, Muhammad, the Dalai Lama, Gandhi. I go on and on. These are considered the most important world influencers. Who influences the world today? How about Jeff Bezos from Amazon? How many of you have shopped at Amazon? Would you hold your hand in the air? You're closing malls all over America. Bill Gates, Microsoft. Mark Zuckerberg with Facebook. In 2022, 4.9 billion people were on social media. It's something that's changing our world. It is said by the year 2027, 6 billion people will be on social media. And that what you find on social media is going across the globe, changing it rapidly and not for righteousness sake. Steve Jobs, Apple, Elon Musk, (laughs) self-driving and electric cars. We have them. They're wrecking everywhere, but we have them. These are considered the most important influencers in America of our day but could we have lived without anything they have created? And the answer is yes, because we already have lived without anything they created. Every invention of mankind, every invention that they have created is simply temporal. We don't need the Elon Musk of the world. We don't need the Bill Gates of the world, but they need us because we have the message that will impact their lives for all of eternity. Brother Steve, who would you put on that list if you could have the opportunity of putting somebody on the list? Who would you put on that list? I would put your pastor on the list. I would put your associate pastor on the list. I would put everyone in the room 
everyone in the room on the list because you are a world changer. <laughs> Turn to the person beside you. Did you hear that? I'm a world changer. Tell that person beside you. I am a world changer. We have the opportunity of changing the world one life at a time. And by the way, when I looked at the list of the hot 100 and the hot 50 and the hot 25 of world changers, guess whose name was at the top of every list? Jesus Christ. And I thought that was very unique because every list was put together by secular minds. But yet everyone realized that Jesus Christ has changed the world more than any other one individual in mankind's history. And who do we work for? And who do we work along beside? We work with the one who's changed the world more than anyone else. Solomon. Solomon, I guess, could be compared to the Bill Gates or the Elon Musk or the Steve Jobs of this world. He had wisdom. He had money. He had pleasure. He had power. Turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 12. I mean, Solomon had all of it. And yet we read his thesis all the way through the book of Ecclesiastes. And what did he say about everything? He said it's all vanity of vanities. The money, vanity. The power, vanity. The pleasures, vanity. And he comes to the end of his complete thesis in Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 13, very familiar passage of scripture. He said, look, let's hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. Fear God and keep his commandments. Two simple things. Fear God, honor God, respect God, glorify God, and keep his commandments, do what he wants us to do. The duty of mankind, fear God and do what he wants us to do. Well, what is it he wants us to do? Turn to Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18. It's a verse that certainly ought to be highlighted in every child of God's Bible and memorized because we are made to make a difference and this is the difference we are made to make. Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go Ye therefore, go, ye therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. We are made to make a difference, and the difference we are to make is to proclaim Jesus Christ so that others might know him so that they might be prepared for eternity. This is the task of every one of us, and it's what God wants us to do. It's not to be my job because I'm an evangelist. It's not to be the pastor's job because he's a pastor. It's to be my job because I'm a Christian. And all of us have the responsibility of doing what God wants us to do. We are made to make an eternal difference. Romans chapter 8, verse 28, is a familiar passage. But listen to it in the context of what I'm addressing this morning. 
Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God who are called according to his purpose. And what is his purpose? Our purpose is to make him known. For whom he did foreknow, he did also predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, to be conformed to the Lord Jesus Christ for the purpose of making him known throughout the world. We are made to make a difference. So let me ask you a question. Do you believe that you can make a difference in the entire world? <clears throat> you, as an individual, do you believe you can make a difference in the entire world? Some of you might be thinking, me? <laughs> Probably not. You may be wrong. And you may have made more of a difference than you could imagine already. The year was 1858. The city was Boston. Edward Kimball, it's a familiar name to some in this room. Kimball, say the name with me, Kimball. Say it again, Kimball. Edward Kimball was a young Sunday school teacher who made a habit of personally giving each student in his class the opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as Savior. He was concerned about one of his students, and so he decided that he would visit him at the place where he worked at a shoe store. When he arrived, he was stocking shelves in the back of the building and had the opportunity of sitting down with him and led that 16-year-old boy to Christ. And the student's name was, say it with me if you know, D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody eventually left the shoe business, became perhaps one of the greatest evangelists of all time. Moody became an international speaker, and as he toured the British Isles, he preached in a little chapel, and he met a young man. The young man's name was Frederick Meyer, F.B. Meyer. In his sermon, he told the story of the Sunday school teacher and how that the Sunday school teacher had changed his life. And Frederick Meyer was so inspired by that that he eventually became an evangelist like Moody. Meyer eventually preached in America. In Northfield, Massachusetts, when he was preaching, there was a young man who heard him say, if you're not willing to give up everything for Christ, are you willing to be made willing? That statement had an impact upon J. Wilbur Chapman. J. Wilbur Chapman responded to God's call on his life, and J. Wilbur Chapman went on to become an effective evangelist. He enlisted the help of a volunteer in his crusades. The name of the volunteer was Billy Sunday. Billy Sunday helped him set up in his crusades and eventually learned to preach by watching Chapman and eventually took over Chapman's ministry. And Billy Sunday became a dynamic evangelist, preaching to thousands across America. In a Billy Graham, uh, Billy Sunday crusade, Billy Sunday crusade in Charlotte, North Carolina, a group of Christian businessmen dedicated themselves to reach their city for Christ. They invited evangelist Mordecai Ham to come. He held a series of meetings. The year was 1932. A local farmer loaded up a pickup truck with young men in his neighborhood and brought them to the meetings each evening. One young man, a 16-year-old boy, sat in the crowd each night spellbound by the messages. And it seemed that every message was pointing right at him. The last evening, 
The young man went forward and gave his life to Christ. The teenager's name was Billy Graham. Billy Graham perhaps has communicated the gospel in person to more people than any other human being. You may know somebody, I do, those who have been won to Christ in the Billy Graham crusade. Billy Graham impacted his son, Franklin Graham. Franklin had lived a rebellious life for a period of time, but came back to the Lord and started the ministries of Samaritan's Purse. Quite frankly, I appreciate the ministries of Samaritan's Purse. We have a missionary out of our church in Fairfax, Virginia, in Albania. When they were in a civil war, he had to get all his church people and had to leave the country. And when they crossed the country line, it was Samaritan's Purse who met them, housed them for four months, and fed them for four months. I appreciate what that ministry did for our missionary. I was in Las Vegas, Nevada when the shooting had taken place over that music concert. I was staying in a hotel just right down the street. Had no idea that had taken place the night before. When I walked down the stairs at the hotel where I was staying, there were people sleeping on the floor everywhere, hundreds of people. And I thought, what in the world is going on? And they told me about the shooting. I walked out of the hotel, walked down the street, a block and a half down the street, and I was amazed. Already there were people who were counseling other people, and on the back of their jackets, Billy Graham Ministries, Samaritan's Purse. Franklin Graham said, Wherever there's a tragedy in the world, we want to be the first there to offer the hope of Christ. I appreciate what they've done. But wait a minute. Where did it all begin? If we think about Edward Kimball, D.L. Moody, Frederick Meyer, J. Wilbur Chapman, Billy Sunday, Mordecai Ham, Billy Graham, Franklin Graham, and even Will Graham, who was the world changer? I suggest to you it was Edward Kimball. Because Edward Kimball became the most important person in D.L. Moody's life. Turn to the person beside you and say this. Do you know who I am? Say that to the person beside you. Do you know who I am? I am Kimball. Say that to the person. Say, I am Kimball. Why don't you to realize every one of us in this room are a Kimball. We have the opportunity of changing the world. Two things take place. Number one, there's a rippling effect. Whenever you give the gospel to one individual, it begins a rippling effect that may go long past your lifetime. For many generations, people could be one to the Lord because you reached one individual with the gospel of Jesus Christ. The rippling effect. But number two, there's a broadening effect. Because when Kimball won D.L. Moody, D.L. Moody just didn't win one other person to the Lord. D.L. Moody won thousands of people to the Lord. F.B. Meyer, thousands of people to the Lord. J. Wilbur Chapman, thousands of people to the Lord. Billy Sunday, thousands of people to the Lord. Billy Graham, thousands of people to the Lord. It goes on and on, a rippling effect and a broadening effect. Just because you had the opportunity of winning one person to the Lord. And all of us, are made to make a difference. It's the job we have. Sometimes people say, well, Brother Steve, I just don't feel comfortable giving the gospel to someone and delineated it word for word. Sometimes I feel very uncomfortable. I say this, if there's one thing we ought to come to the place where we get comfortable doing, it's giving the gospel to somebody else. It's the reason we're here. It's the purpose for which we are made. But anyone and everyone can be involved. It's amazing what a track can do. 
a track. I was in Fairbanks. When I was in Fairbanks, I was reminded of a young man, a missionary. I heard him speak. It was 2013. I had not met him at the time. His name is Jeff Gross. Jeff Gross walked up to the pulpit at Bible Baptist Church, Fairbanks, Alaska. And this is basically how he began. It is still online and you can listen to it. He said, I was given a track by a man whom I do not know to this day. But he was concerned about my soul and gave me this piece of paper. I took the piece of paper home. I opened it up. I read it. I knew I was a sinner. And that night, I received Jesus Christ as my Savior from a gospel track. Today, he is their missionary in Thailand. I'm in Thailand in November. I will be looking him up in November when I'm there. When I mentioned that, just two weeks ago at Bible Baptist Church in Fairbanks, Alaska, Doug Duffett walked up to the pulpit. And Doug Duffett said, do you remember Ed Jones? He pointed at me. And I said, oh, yeah, I remember Ed Jones very well. Ed Jones was a welder, and he helped me with a project that I was working on when I was there. He had, he had the, the, the uh, tubes that I needed and so forth, welded it up for me. I brought it back. I have it at my home in Fairfax. Wonderful man, godly man. He said his testimony, he was raking the leaves in, his, in, in, in the yard where his business was. A bunch of leaves had gone up against the fence. As he was raking the leaves, there was a piece of paper there. He took the piece of paper, put it in his pocket, and then he finished the leaves. When he sat down for lunch, he remembered the piece of paper that was in his pocket and took it out, and it was a gospel track. He read the gospel track and got saved as a result of the gospel track. Ed Jones... The next Sunday, went to Bible Baptist Church because their name was on the back of it, talked to Doug Duffett and, and, and was baptized that very Sunday morning because he had received Jesus Christ as his Savior. Then he became actively involved in the ministries of Bible Baptist Church, helping them establish churches in many of the villages in Alaska, villages that I have been in, churches that he helped start. And it all began with a gospel track. The man who traveled with me I had no idea. The man who was traveling with me is a pastor of Plainwell, Michigan. Steve Smell, he traveled with me the three weeks I was in Alaska because he always wanted to go and he's looking for a place that he can do ministry in Alaska. He said, my assistant pastor. I've been at his church three times. Scott Fender is the assistant pastor of the church. Scott got saved. One day he was at the public library opened up a book and a gospel track fell out of the book. He took the track, read the track, and got saved as a result of reading the gospel track. It was amazing to me that in one place I heard of three stories where people got saved simply reading a gospel track. And so what I point out is this. Everyone may not feel comfortable opening your Bible and showing somebody how to be saved, but everybody can be involved by simply leaving gospel tracts or saying to someone, this is something that changed my life and it'll change yours. You know, I have found that when I'm having conversations with people, whether it's at a restaurant, whether it's on an airplane, no matter where it is, if you're having a folksy conversation with people, you can say to them, look, this is something that changed my life. Would you give time to listen to it or read it? I have never had anybody turn it away. People are receptive when we have conversations with people and that we have our, you know, 
we're not lambasting them, but we're having a friendly conversation. People will accept it. You know, every, every church has a track rack. You have a track rack? You have a track rack? Every church has a track rack. I think to myself, those are worthless. Because nobody out there knows where the track rack is. Imagine somebody driving by. I bet that church has a track rack. I think I'll turn in and find it. I like to call the track rack a filling station. It's a filling station so we can walk by the track rack, take tracks out, and put them in the real track rack. And the real track rack is the pocket. <clears throat> How many of you have a pocket right now on your shirt? Would you hold your hands in the air? Uh-huh. That's the track rack. Brother Lane, uh, have a, have a, join me just, just for a second. <clears throat> this is important. Do you, <clears throat> do you have anything in your track rack? Preacher, if a church has a track rack and there's no tracks in the track rack, do they need a track rack? No. If there's a track rack with no tracks in the track rack, does he need the track rack? Answer? No. Okay. It's my only white shirt. <laughs> Got any track racks in your coat? <laughs> you can have a seat. Set that back on. <laughs> By the way, this was planned. I told him to come today wearing a shirt that he didn't want. He forgot. <laughs> but we've already told him we will buy him a shirt. The idea is this. We ought to always have something in our pocket that we can reach in and give to someone. Because it starts a rippling effect that may turn into a broadening effect and you may have more of an impact upon the world than you can even imagine. Amen. Every one of us are a Kimball. When we go to lunch in just a moment, when I walk by you, I'm going to say, hi, Mr. Kimball. Hi, Mrs. Kimball. I'm going to address every one of you as Mr. and Mrs. Kimball today to highlight the fact that this is our job. Our job is to make a difference for all of eternity. I appreciate what you're doing with the gospel tracks. But everyone should be involved. You can leave a track at every restaurant. You never know who's going to pick it up. If you leave a track at a restaurant, leave a tip. God said, my word will not return void. And when we leave a gospel track so that others might read how to be saved, it's God who saves. It's the Spirit of God who draws people to himself. Our job is to make the message known so that others have an opportunity. So how do we change the world? One at a time. Jimmy's son I met in Guangzhou, China. 
Jimmy had lived in the United States and New Jersey for a period of time. Got saved and went back to China to reach his own people. He decided that he would start a Christian bookstore. And so when he started the Christian bookstore, it was not opened very long until the government came and closed it down. After he got out of jail, he opened it up a second time. It wasn't long before they came and shut it down again. After he got out of jail, he opened it up a third time in a different location. It operated for a period of time, then they came and shut it down again. After he got out of jail, he opened up a fourth time. <laughs> the name of the Christian bookstore is the Eighth Blessing Christian Bookstore because he's been in jail seven times and he started it the eighth time. He said, if they put me back in jail again when I open it up, it'll be the Ninth Blessing Christian Bookstore. I heard that story and they were saying this at the table that day, the gospel cannot be stopped. And everybody was saying, amen, amen, that's wonderful. Gospel cannot be stopped. And it's true, no government has stopped it. But I went to my room that night and I, I thought about that statement, the gospel cannot be stopped. But I came to a conclusion that it could be. The next morning, I'm sitting at the table with Jimmy's son and the others there. And I said, Jimmy, you made a statement yesterday that I really thought about a lot. You made the statement the gospel cannot be stopped. Everybody at the table, amen, amen. And I said, well, I came to a conclusion that it can be. And there was silence at the table. What do you mean? Um, China hasn't been able to stop it for sure. No government can stop it. No king can stop it. But if God's people stop giving it, then it stops. And sometimes the neighborhood in which we might live, the gospel has been stopped because we haven't given it. We're made to make a difference. We're made to fear God and do what he wants us to do. And what is it he wants us to do? Make him known to the rest of the world. And everybody can be involved. Amen. Father, I pray that today be a challenge for this church. Lord, the church must always be evangelistic or it'll die. We, we can't even go into maintenance mode. If we go into maintenance mode, it's a slow death. And certainly we, we can never become apathetic. If we become apathetic as if we didn't care, that would be a very fast death. But help us to be a people that's always reaching forth, always having tracks in our track rack that we can pass out to people so they might know the truth, know their sinners, and know how they can be saved. Because we're not here just to make a temporal difference. We're here to make an eternal difference. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. I have two questions. How many would say, you know, Brother Steve, I'm, I'm not actively involved in giving the gospel in any way, but I see it's my job. I see it's why, why we're here, to fear God and to do what he wants us to do. God's speaking to my heart this morning because I know that I can do the simplest thing as far as giving 
out materials so that people can read and see the word of God and see the gospel and be saved. I need to become more actively involved in that. Would you slip your hand there and say, Brother Steve, that's me. God speak in my heart. See your hands. Amen. See yours and yours and yours and yours and yours. I know the church is doing a wonderful job, but all of us, all of us to be to be what God wants us to be and to be obedient to the Lord, all of us need to be involved. Are there others? I see your hand. Father, today for these who slip their hands in there, we're just simply saying, Lord, I want to be involved in the work that, that you want me to do, that you, that you desire for us to do, to make the Lord Jesus known. I wonder if there might be someone here this morning you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. You've never been saved. Never had a time in your life when you've asked Jesus to come in your heart to be your Savior. Do not know if you were to die today if you'd go to heaven, but you'd like to know. And you're concerned about it. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to pick you out. But if you say, Brother Steve, that's my need this morning. I do not know Jesus as Savior. I do not know if I were to die if I'd go to heaven but I certainly want to know. Pray with me about that. No one's looking around, every head's bowed, every eye's closed. Would you just slip your hand in there and say, Brother Steve, that's me, that I'll know that you're concerned about that. God bless you, sir. Anyone else? Brother Steve, it's not something that I'm sure of. Maybe you have doubts, incessant doubts. Sometimes you think you are, sometimes you don't know. And you say, Brother Steve, I live with these doubts and I, I, I want to know that the matter is settled. Anyone like that? Brother Steve, here's my hand. Anyone at all? Father, today I pray. Lord, I pray for those that might be in the room that just do not know you. I pray that today would be the day of salvation. Today would be the day of confidence, of knowing that beyond a shadow of a doubt, their home is heaven. Lord, do what I cannot do. Draw men, draw women, draw young people to yourself. Let's stand to our feet. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I'll ask the pianist to play. God spoke into your heart. I believe this. I believe we ought to just do what God speaks to our heart about doing. For those who say, I need to become more actively involved in sharing my faith, would you come and just commit it to the Lord? And while God's people are coming, if there are those today that have never settled the matter, could I invite you to come? Brother Lane is here at the front. Someone will take the Bible and show you what you need to know and what you need to do to have the matter settled. Everyone who goes to heaven goes the same way. There are not many ways to heaven. There's only one. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. We'd like to show you that way this morning. Still time for you to come.
Sometimes there's a little voice that says, you need to go. I believe that would be the voice of the Spirit of God speaking to your heart, drawing you to himself. If there's a voice that says, no, 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 you don't need to go, I'd say that's the voice of the devil keeping you from doing what God wants you to do. Let God have his way this morning. While these are praying, still time for others to come. salvation dear friend don't put it off come today you as a child of God when you get your priorities right life will mean a whole lot more when you allow the Holy Spirit of God to put his finger on what's wrong Say, here's a way to correct it. Obedience is still the best way to be happy in Jesus. You say, well, Brother Raider, I've failed at this matter of being a witness and sharing Christ with people. You don't have to live there. You can come now and allow the Holy Spirit of God to help you. If we can help, we certainly do that. Amen. Just look up this way. This morning, you've had two great challenges. Everything starts with prayer. Always be a prayer warrior. And then always be a good missionary. Because you don't want Steve to come by and rip your shirt pocket off. I can tell you that. He'll do it. He'll do it. And now, Brother Lane, we're going to get him a new shirt. But you, if he rips yours off, it's your baby, not ours. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Brother Steve. Yes. Mr. Kimball, that's right. I'm Mr. Kimball. Isn't that a wonderful truth, though? Mordecai Ham. I've heard Dr. Roberts talk about Mordecai Ham. The greatest revival that Bessemer, Alabama ever had, Mordecai Ham preached. Thousands were saved. Thousands were saved there because he was a Jew. And he got saved and said some of the preachers and people that was in the meeting didn't like the way he was conducting. So they they came to Dr. Robertson and said, you need to go talk to him. He said, I'm not going to talk to that Jew. He said, but I went by his room. And he said, I stood outside his room. And he said, the door was cracked. And he said, you could hear him in there talking. And he said, I waited, and I waited, and he said, he's still talking. And he said, I just kind of cracked the door open. So Dr. Mordecai Hamas, in there on his knees, 
big old overstuffed chair in his hands, holding above his head, saying, Oh, God, you must send revival to Bessemer, Alabama. And he said, I just closed the door and went on back. And he said, I want to tell you something. Revival came. Revival came. What a blessing it is. Think of, think of how you and I can be a Kimball and make a difference. Now, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do what good Baptists do, and that's eat. Amen. <laughs> you know the routine will allow the, our older guests to go first, and, uh, if you will, and uh, then go this way or this way. It all leads to the same spot downstairs. And uh, I just want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for the privilege of being a part of this church for 42 years. And we've seen some great victories, but I believe the best days are ahead. The best days are ahead. I'm thankful for, as Brother Steve was there preaching, I, I thought of Brother Charles Farouk. Mark Hattishel, hmm? Jack Raines, hmm? Arthur Ward. You said, Brother, them, them people don't mean a thing to me. They mean a whole lot to me because I love them all to Christ. Hmm? And uh, listen, it, the easiest place to go to hell from is a Bible-preaching gospel church. I don't want you to go there. Why, why did Victory Baptist Church start? Because God laid it on my heart when I graduated from Tennessee Temple. This is the place I want you. And I'm thankful I was obedient to the will of God. That's all I can say. There will be a day that my service to this generation will be over with. What takes place will depend on those that remain. And I just want to strengthen those saints that remain. Praise God. Brother Lane, you got anything? Hmm? Well, I tell you what, let's have a word of prayer. Brother Rick Ramsey, would you dismiss us in prayer and ask the blessing on the food, please?
Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen.